Welcome to the Sunday Company Post Show Wrap-Up, recorded live. All right, everybody, welcome to Adequate. The Better Than Adequate Show. The Better Than Adequate Show tonight. Sunco, the after show. This is episode four, Comic Con Sunday, theme show, wrestling style. Wrestling. It is so awesome that we got a chance to uh, to wrestle a little bit tonight. Very thematic, very... What's your name, by the way? My name was the Christian Gladiator. I was Andrea the Giant. And the Danimal. The Danimal. So, uh, breaking it down, we uh, kicked off the night with some great old uh, schoolyard insults, but in the theme of the typical wrestling insults that happen... Uh, we had Alec, uh, who uh, was up against Brendan. Brendan was Sergeant USA, and Alec was the Scissors. The scissors. Uh, awesome. We had uh, Dan, James, Elisa, and Colby all given clues, and it was epic. Um, I always love people's facial expressions when you can't get the clue out or you can't get them to guess what you want them to guess. Uh, that's always hilarious. Uh, after that, we went into slow-mo, uh, which was a uh, like an old-time wrestling fight that we were bringing back to, um, and it was uh, Christian Gladiator versus Joe the Show with um, Matt and our announcer Jason Cobra Kid announcing the event. So at this moment in the show, we experienced some technical difficulties. We do apologize for the inconvenience. Please enjoy the rest of the show now. Uh, okay, and then uh, after after slow-mo, we went to blind freeze tag, uh, which was like a tag team match because we had James, who was General Korea, and Colby, who was Big Daddy, uh, versus the girls from Glow with uh, E, the killer bee, Elisa, and Jess, the bruiser, Bruce Dad. Um, and that was really funny. Really yeah, I think funny they uh, they delivered, they executed, and it went uh, it went very well. Even with that intimidation factor that the girls were able to showcase as soon as they get up on stage. Yeah, definitely. It was it was pretty awesome. Um, after that, we had Doctor Know It All uh, with Jess, the Bruiser. We had Corey, the Corrector, and Brian Sassy. Sassy gal? Sassy. Big sassy. Big sassy. Big sassy. Uh, the three of them came together, and they were our know-it-all. And uh, that was that was a pretty fun one. They were basically being a wrestler, being interviewed by Colby. It was, uh, it was not Colby. That was our Cobra King that was actually interviewing That's right. Jason, Cobra right? Kid, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You're right. It was Jason that was doing the interviewing. Uh, after that, we went to... We started getting into, like, more, like, wrestling. This was a Survivor Series. And it had Andrea the Giant, Alec, Brendan, Christian, Jessica, Joe, Tim, and Victor. And this was one where you had to ask questions. You could only ask questions, but you could save your team members with an I can do better. So it was like a mixture of two games. It's like a tag-out team sort of wrestling thing, four-on-four. Yeah. Four. 
with four-person teams. Uh, finally, just so we could set up for Mousetrap, which is a pretty hilarious, uh, very physical game, I was playing Naive Expert, and I had to guess what wrestling move uh, with Jason and Matt giving the clues. And finally, we had the fun one, the Mousetrap, with uh, Dan and uh, Corey and Brian blindfolded, walking around on Mousetraps, trying to keep a scene together. And I was actually pretty impressed you guys actually had a scene. It was a decent story. I, I got to say, Dan's initial line with kick the ball to me, <laughs> knowing full well that they were on a stage full of mousetraps and barefoot, was definitely one of those things where you're like, ah, I see what he's trying to do there. He's starting the pain on the other side of the stage. That is the strategy with that game, isn't it? Sure is. I like to torture. What can I say? After that, we had Interpreter with Tim, Victor, and Jason. Then we had the Royal Rumble with everybody, and that was the, the big epic one where we brought in people from house teams and college team and main stage. And then the winners of all these games came together for Listen, Brother, which was a punny game that ended with wrestling sayings. And that Listen was our here, show. brother. Listen, brother. Let's right. let's talk about some highlights from the show. What you guys take away, and what were some key moments for you guys throughout the show? Oh my God, there were so many. Uh, tonight's show, I think, the biggest thing that stood out for me was the very first game. It's the second time I think we've done that on stage, and it was a learning experience the first time. We're still perfecting it. Uh, but I think the biggest challenge and the biggest highlight was Alec, the scissor. <laughs> Mainly because he did guess it while wearing a luchador mask. That's yeah. true. He went the whole night with that thing on, and, and I love him for it. Yeah, and, and for, for those listening that don't know Alec, he is very expressive in his facial uh, emotions. He emotes mostly with his face. And that is what makes him above and beyond funny. Christian, you you were in mask all night too, and Gary said, "Oh, I, I didn't know that was you that was on stage." <laughs> yeah, he did say that. Um, how did you how did you take that? Actually, was that like, oh, like uh, you did awesome, or like, oh, I I thought it was somebody else? How did you take that well, comment? Well, so to be honest, that is the second time he has not recognized me. <laughs> it is, it is. The first time, the first time Gary did not recognize me was after. After I cut my hair, because I used to have long hair, after I cut my hair and I shaved my face, that was the first time Gary did not recognize me. All right, so Matt, uh, Matt, how many times has Gary not recognized you? I mean, is that, is that something that's just kind of par for the course? That at some point in your NCT career, Gary's going to not recognize you? No, Gary's always recognized me. See, for me, it's the second time today. Matt joined us while I was telling that story. It's the second time today that Gary did not recognize me. He can hear me. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't had that problem. I guess maybe it's just uh, the, the theater was a lot smaller when I came in, so yeah. uh, I, I might be okay. lucky there. Yeah. It stood out as that uh, that guy who wasn't quite as good as his wife who ended up dropping out improv. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was me. So, Matt, we're talking a little bit about the, the highlights from the evening. Uh, what, what's something that you can put your finger on and say, this worked exactly as we practiced it, or this worked particularly well, can't wait to do it again? Um, honestly, the whole show, the format of it, I wasn't really sure how it was going to work. We had we did a lot of different things with people up in the, you know, we had Jason and I up in the Shakespeare stage, and that's 
that's not a thing that we've ever really done. I think uh, Gordy and Jessica tried that once for a musical show they did, and that worked. It was for like one intro. Mm-hmm. We did the whole show that way, and I didn't think it was going to work. I felt like it really did. Um, and then the mousetrap game. I've had my doubts about that. You guys have been trying to get that in for years. We finally talked to you into mousetrap. And honestly, I was in tears. That, <laughs> I, I, I was, I was in tears. It was hilarious. There's, there's certain gimmicks with the mousetrap game, and we actually, the, the three of us, kind of talked it out in advance. Uh, not to, you know, not like we're pulling the wool over the, the audience's eyes, but there's certain things you have to do in that mousetrap game. Um, you know, from, from the audience perspective, was it the anxiety building up to the first trap being set, or was it seeing Brian really suffer on stage that really threw people over the edge? Every single time a mouse trap went off, the audience loved it. Every time. And Brian, for whatever reason, was just hitting every single trap. He somehow it was like. You, you, you yeah. moved around quite a bit, Dan, but you didn't get hit that I, much. I felt so, like I was looking for them at a certain yeah. point, and I couldn't find any on such Brian had set them all up. <laughs> yeah. I was I was in tears. It was so fun. I, I couldn't keep it together. I mean, Brian even got on all fours. Yeah. And got on all fours and set them off with his hands when purposefully trying to avoid them. What was really funny to me about the whole thing was that... I thought you guys had set every single one of them off, and then as Colby's pushing the thing away, like five or six of them still went up. Uh, I don't know how you guys missed them. You guys were rolling around on the floor. Yeah, we were we were looking for them for sure. We didn't shy away from hitting those traps because that's those are the buttons every time. And know? and the first setup was Dan's when he says, "Go ahead and kick me the ball," yeah. because why not? Yeah. And I, I was really actually fucking with Brian at the, in that because we talked backstage and I said, Brian, listen, one of us has to just pimp the other person out, oh, yeah. first line. And, and I was in my mind, I was like, I'm going to just pimp out Brian. And that, the that, audience totally bought into it and they totally loved it and it yeah. was great. Yeah. They were... They were full on it. I mean, even even though the audience bought into it, there were still a few skeptics out there that didn't necessarily believe they were real mousetraps. That's so funny to me. Why we had to clarify. Mousetraps. Because, you know, we don't want to hurt people, and there's insurance and this and that. But you know what? They were real mousetraps. I was legitimately worried about people's pinky toes. I, I'm like, that's going to... I'm like, I'm going to get in so much trouble... Corey's going to break his pinky toe and sue the, sue the theater, and I'm dead. I, I will say that there was a split second. I took one right on the big toe when I first started making a move across the stage, and I thought for a split second, I don't know whether or not I'm bleeding on stage or not. <laughs> and I'm glad I wasn't, but there was there was that thought. So if you were bleeding, we may have stopped the show. No, we wouldn't have stopped No, you couldn't. We wouldn't have stopped the, the show. The show must go on. Format. You can't, you can't end it. So is there anything, Matt, out of the show that you would say we would retool for next time? Um, I didn't feel like Survivor Series worked really well. Uh, I think it was overcomplicated with the questions only and I can do better gimmick. And I knew that going into it, but we could never figure out how to make Survivor Series. Like, it's a four-person tag team elimination match, and getting an elimination and a tag team in there was always hard. And we just, we never quite got the flow of that. So, we needed more dives in it, and we needed more... um, I think I think the, the concern I had is I mean I participated in that game. Yeah, you For won. Me, I, I didn't win that one. <laughs> no, you didn't. You I won. didn't win that one. No, I did not. Oh, no, you won the. I won the least funny person. That's right. Um, that's right. You're, yeah, you're the least funny person. Yeah, that's what, after the show. My brother's like, yeah, of course you would win that one. <laughs> Brothers are always good for that yeah. little ribbing. But the problem was, my cousin and my friend agreed. Uh, the issue. <laughs> so no, the uh, the the problem that I felt we had with the elimination game with the four-person tag team was not necessarily the 
the not diving or anything else was the explanation. I don't think we've worked out the explanation well enough in the format in which we did the explanations tonight. Yes. Um, if you explain it as you're explaining it to the audience, normal hosting maybe, but the back and forth and the whole hosting aspect of Yeah, the, it's really hard to do yeah. from up there. Um, the other thing is I really wanted to th- see a third character come into it, and we never really had that. Um, and I think it's too easy to cheat at the questions. And yeah. cheating's the wrong word, but it's, it's too easy to play it safe with the questions. Um, and... Uh, you know what? When he, you gave that note uh, to Joe in practice, I felt like his head exploded. Like, no offense to Joe, but like you gave him that note like, Joe, you're just repeating what the other person's saying and just throwing a do you in front of it. He went, well, shit, what am I supposed to do from there? And it is, it is kind of like a tough thing to bridge. Like, how many question-phrased sentences can I come up with in my mind right now? Because it was really, it's less the, like, restating what they said, and it's more the... Taking the question game, uh, or if you take the question and you say a statement, but you say it with, like, did you know? That's a statement, right? And we did that a lot tonight. Yeah. And, you, uh, and you called me out on it. What was that? And you called me out on it. Yeah, eventually I was like, I need someone to dive. I need someone to go out anyway. I was like, Christian, you're out. It's and fine, what, it's fine. I think I, I called Brendan out because he spoke a line that was just like, I, I don't I don't know if it was a question because it wasn't English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no, it was good. It was did good. you, what's the thing, and the also, and I was like, what? Uh, no. <laughs> you know what I noticed tonight that uh, I felt like is something we probably do, and I never picked up on it before for theme shows, is that we use the Shakespeare stage as like kind of like a palate cleanser sort of game so that we can retool for the next game and it was kind of like that in-between take your focus away yeah. uh, and, and I just sort of saw that and noticed it tonight we've and never really used it that way before yeah. I really liked it that way yeah it is nice especially when we had some like setup required in between yeah. and, and and give some delay for the audience it, it's that seemed to work really well yeah. that, that's a thing that I'd really like to see us bring I, I don't think we as a Sunday company use the Shakespeare stage enough yeah part of it is that I just think it takes too much time to get up the that stupid ladder. We need uh, elevators, is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, I got bad knees. <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, but no, I'd love to see more use of that. But it's hard to make it work in the scene, you know. Yeah, and it's it, you know, it's not like we're gonna put uh, Doctor Know It All into a show typically and expect it to just be yeah. like a dead ringer game that it's gonna kill the audience. Like, right. but it, as a palate cleanser, like you it said, served, think, yeah, yeah, it served a purpose tonight for and, sure. And I think tonight's audience, we without the traditional introduction we didn't get a lot of that immediate suggestion response that that's we're right used to they were slightly shy they were the they were tonight. and I think it's because we didn't do that intro yeah now, and, that being said, and I knew that that was a risk going in and it, it it actually played out as a risk and it it was fine we survived but I think the choice Jason made to not go to the audience for questions on Dr. know-it-all worked because we knew they were shy. Yes. If he had gone to the audience for questions tonight, yep. it may have been a little bit of a trouble point because we would not have gotten questions. No, no, I agree. Yeah, and I... The other problem we had... The other problem with hosting from the Shakespeare stage that I saw was not only did I have... It's always hard. You guys have both hosted, I think, right? Um, it's always hard to get suggestions out of the audience. Yeah. And, like, hear them. Up on the Shakespeare stage, I couldn't hear the audience, and I only can really hear, like, the third that's closest to me. And so trying to get suggestions out of them, yeah. I couldn't hear the far side of the audience at all. Um, and that's that's really problematic, because the whole point of improv is to have that, that interactivity, 
and we we couldn't get that. So. It separates you from that interactivity yeah. being up on the Shakespeare stage. Yeah. So some sort of combination of that I think would work well. Um, I think it's okay for like one show a year. I'd, I'd like to keep this. I'd like to put the show in rotation. I think it's a good one. Um, so how do you think we would use this show in a normal rotation? Just like a, a once every other month, or like? Oh, no, I mean like once a year. Right? Okay. But in, so you know we did it in the Comic Con slot this year. We do a geek show every year. This was intentionally not that. Uh, you know I, I went counter programming style on the, you know, we did something a little bit more jockey than nerdy. Um, even though, of all things, wrestling is... More the, nerdy the, than jockey. The Venn diagram of Comic-Con and wrestling is pretty high, yeah. if, if, if I'm being honest. Um, so, but I think doing this in, like, the first quarter of the year is... is so... We don't really have a specialty show for that. So, so wrestling typically has its traditional sports season, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the question I have is, we can do it around the same time where we cycle with the wrestling uh, typical shows and everything else, or any major fights that you might see in Vegas that are boxing related, we can kind of go with that theme in our marketing in order to promote this sort of show. Right. So you're saying the Mayweather-McGregor fight, we do another wrestling show. Well, I mean, that might be too soon. <laughs> Once a year, at most. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. So I'm going to address the 800 pound gorilla in the room, Matt. Thank you for coming. I'm sorry, I've been trying to lose weight. Now. <laughs> so, uh, you got feedback from Gary after the show. Yeah. Um, he said it was great. Really? Yeah. And that's that's saying a lot, actually, coming from Gary, because as far as I know, Gary gives pretty critical feedback and uh, will be the first one to sort of point out some small things he wants adjusted. Yeah. No, he liked he liked it. He thought he thought. I mean, he didn't give me much feedback, which is a good which is a good thing. Yeah. To be honest, um, he he enjoyed the show. He thought it had good energy. Is what I is the feeling I got out of him, and you know, it went it went over well with the audience, which is really all we're really. I mean, when you're at the bottom line, that's what we're looking for out of a show, right? The audience goes away having a good time. The audience goes away having a good time. We did a good job. Um, you know, I, I, I try, as the, as the director of this show, I care more about trying to make sure that you all are having a good time because I think that directly correlates to the audience having a good time. Yeah. We noticed that. But the well, the owner of the theater is obviously going to care more about, like, does the audience <laughs> have a good time? And I do care about that, but you can't worry about it going. Yeah. On, when you're on stage, that is the absolute last thing that you can be thinking about. If the audience is having a good time or not, it's not your concern. Uh, that's a great point. And to be honest, though, it is something that we have brought up multiple times on this show. Uh, basically, we not only do the show for the audience, we do the show for us. Yeah. And we do the show for us because our energy will feed the energy of the audience and vice versa. Yeah. So it is definitely a a very symbiotic relationship between the players on stage, tonight's show, the wrestlers on stage, and the audience that feeds off of that energy, feeds off of the host's energy as well. And, and that the hosts and players feed off of the audience's energy, which is why we need to focus on that and care about it, too. So we had a lot of moving parts tonight in Laugh Out, Matt, and, and there was probably a lot of, like, unnerving expectation around that. Because oh, yeah. we've got people from all levels joining joining in the game, uh, and, and you just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. i got to say, I loved having the college team and house teams and Joe Birdsong from Main State <laughs> jump in there and play. It added such a nice little, like, 
It was like a little, it was like a little flavor spice, you know, to go with your uh, your palate cleanser. It was like the spice to the show. I I love that, and it, it gives the house team guys kind of a bigger audience, a bigger a chance to show off and play with different people, which I loved. And um, I, I don't know, I I thought it was a lot of fun, and it went really well. Um, that game, Laugh Out, burns its joke really fast. Yeah. And I was worried about that, but, you know, in practice, we kind of worked out bringing in extra people, mm-hmm. really played in well to that, and I think we did a good job of keeping people in and keeping the pace up pretty well. I wish that I had come up with a, the order of the show, the order of the entrance ahead of time so everybody could be ready. Um, I noticed that you had Elisa towards the end, and yeah. I think that was probably a wise choice. You knew that going in, Elisa had to be towards the end. I just, I it, honestly, I just that's where she ended up. Yeah, <laughs> it, it works. I mean, you know that because Elisa's going to be funny the second she takes yeah. the stage. And, and I loved actually. I think Birdsong had a great contribution in this yeah. because he knew coming right in the very middle, he He's had to dive. hit a punch. He's a dive. He's a dive. He needs to come in, yeah. punch it, and be out. Yeah, He's not there to win the thing. Right. And he knew exactly what he was doing. When he come in, he said, yep. hey, you guys dumb? done? I need to take a dump. <laughs> and he didn't, and he didn't, he, there's ways of saying that same line that's not funny. Yep. That might still get a laugh, but he said it, he knew he was going to get a laugh. He knew the way he said it was funny. And, I totally respect that. And it was great. He could have come in there, played it straight. Yeah. He didn't, and we. I think we needed that. Like, we needed to kind of carry the energy with that that punch. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of my original plan for the lineup was to completely randomize it and just try to I was wanted to try to keep Sunday Company people bookending it. Yeah. But I ended up really I just wrote out a list of Sunday Company people and went and like jumped around in it and then I jumped up into the other people occasionally. It was random in me picking who came in when. And that was really just energy-wise. It's like, that'd be a good time to have a college player. Let's get them in there. Yeah, the the unfortunate thing, and I think, you know, the idea really was we were going to have Andrea just run the gamut. I kind of hoped that that would happen. Yeah. I I thought it'd be really funny. So she Um, did for a long time. She had a long stretch, for sure. She got a good laugh in there, though, and that was great. Which, to be honest, should not have been a laugh. You know, that's the funny thing about Laugh Out, is that game is designed to get laughs where they don't necessarily make sense. Um, to me, it really teaches you what is funny. It's specifics, honestly, because um, that's when people laugh. If you throw out a, and that's why I always, I always hit you guys with specifics in, in practice. Is you throw out a specific reference? That's it. I've noticed that you it. label anything whatsoever, and you're done. And, and I don't know if you guys caught that in the final round. It was me and Brendan. Yeah. And he basically said he was applying for a job, and I was looking over his resume. There was no specifics there necessarily, nope. so what do I do? I asked for specifics. Yep. And he starts giving them to me and chuckling himself. <laughs> he laughed himself right he out. He laughed of himself yeah. right out, which is how I was able to maintain and stay in for that game. Which was so great. Can I just say how great that was? I love that he called himself out on it. Yeah. I that is a note I always give people like, don't do that. It was perfect there. It worked. It was know? and actually I love Jason's commentary on that to actually point out that Brendan took yes. that dive. I thought that was a that was a really great moment to, to make that. And, and overall, I really like Jason's color commentation. I thought he did a great job. He did he's a amazing. fantastic job, yeah. I mean, I think he's he's our next primary host. He really yeah. could. He really could host, yeah. He's, he's got that sort of natural wit uh, and, and ability to just and, think on his And charisma. Feet. We were just talking about this uh, over... Over where my drink is right now. Uh, uh, it was... No, I'm good. Um, 
we were just talking about how hosting really does come down to charisma, like natural charisma. Like some people, like I have to kind of fake it and push it and like cheerlead. Some people, they come up on stage and the Joe Bird song is a great example of that. He's on stage, you want to watch him. Yeah. You want to Casey Gardner, right? They're there, they're saying that guy stuff. Too. Colby Goodman, yeah, right? Like they're up there and people want to watch them. And you couple that with the ability to run a show, you've got a great host. Right? Not to mention, he's one of the sexier men in Suncoast. <laughs> all the ladies say it. I say all the ladies, just some of the ones I've heard. He is a very, Your brother and your cousin? My again? brother and my cousin said he was sexy. I mean, Jason was oh, yeah, a sexy yeah. man. Yeah. No, I, I, was telling, I was telling... I'm telling your dad, actually, Dan. Um, I take pictures of everybody for their, for their promo pictures. I usually throw away, like, 90% of them. I think I kept 90% of Jason's. <laughs> uh, personally, like your personal like personally stash, for yeah. me. Yeah, I keep them under my pillow. No, I couldn't throw any of them away. They were all too good. <laughs> he is a sexy man. He's a, he's a very photogenic young man. Sure. <laughs> I wish I was photogenic. So uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, the final game. I feel like this was, um, uh, you know, kind of a, a break from our Hey Waiter and the 185 that we typically do. Um, I feel like from a conceptual standpoint, people um, took the direction on this differently. You had people that were making recalls uh, from earlier in the night to oh, make their puns. Yeah, yeah, callbacks. Sorry, my, my language is a little bit off. <laughs> I just make words up. Uh, you know, like Twizzle, Twizzle Kobe, you know, I, I go reverse Kobe. Total, total recall. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, how should that game really be played? Is it, is it uh, you know, more of a 185 style where it's a direct pun? Or, you know, did you like the way that some of the players sort of recalled earlier instances through the night and um, other characters? I, I almost always do that in 185 at World's Worst. I almost, if there's a place to call back, I do. Yeah. Because um, that's, that shows... That shows the audience that you're making things up, right? Um, and and that you're that. listening. And that you're listening and paying attention, right? Yeah. Um, I actually really like the way it played out. We only ever, we never practiced it until today. And we didn't practice it much. <laughs> um, and it went really well. Um, the intention was to have it be similar to our last action joke game, yeah. which we've only played like once or twice on Sunday Company. Usually it gets played at Halloween time on main stage and never, ever, never any other time. Yeah. But I like that game. It's a different twist on... I like, for ending games, I like games that have a structure to them. Um, even if it's not uh, significant, like I don't like World's Worst because it's very open ended. The yeah, world's worst it. thing to say or do. It's the world's worst game. Yeah. I mean, I, I really can't I, say. I that agree. Game. And some people love that I game. I love that 185, game. Right? I prefer World's Worst over 185. See, and I would completely disagree with you because there's no structure to it. So how do you like? I don't know what the joke should be, and that one comes down to me of like, I think it comes down to likability. When when you tell me what's the world's worst thing to say or do, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a, uh, like a Hitler joke out there or something, and that's not funny. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's certain levels that are acceptable, certain levels that are not, and I mean Hitler jokes do cross the line. But I've seen Hitler jokes work. Yeah. Not in World's Worst. Don't get me wrong, but in other games. So just letting everyone know, coming to the microphone, we have the wonderful, Jessica, the awesome, the bruiser, Brewster. bruiser, Brewster. Hello. How is it going, Jessica? What did you What did you win tonight? You won something. I won a game that I normally suck at, uh, the uh, the Survivor Series. 
which is the questions, oh, yeah, and then right. the I can do better. You did great. Which is very, very challenging, and I can't believe that I did it. But I took it home for the ladies, for the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Yeah, that's right, because you ended up in the final game, which was great. I was the only uh, female representation, so yeah. Because, you know, it's one of the things, as, as director of Sunday Company, it's just in general an improv, uh, I try to make sure we have better representation for women, and that's hard to do. Um, yes. Because there's just not as many women in our theater. Um, so I was really happy in to see you. In improv in general. Yeah. yeah. So I was really glad to see you make it all the way through, and you deserved it, and you did great in that game and at the end. I also thought you did a great job during our uh, tag team. Tag team was so fun. Oh, my gosh. I love that it was two males against two females, too, because the positions that we would put each other in so was hilarious to see two men try to make sense of what yeah. we did. You guys ended up setting them up for the win because you'd put yourselves into such compromised positions that aren't really that compromising when it's you two. <laughs> and when it's them. And then when it's Colby and James. Like the one where you're both bent over. I could, so, what, you guys didn't see this, but when you two were bent over, <laughs> I say that... We didn't see it because we were bent over. Exactly. Okay, okay. So, uh, so, James and Colby faced each other and I think they started Rochambeau to see Did who would they? take which position. Who had to be in front. It took like so long because we're standing yeah. there, it like we're Shambo. frozen forever. We're like, yeah. are they gonna, are they gonna, are they gonna do yeah. something? I, I would normally really have a problem with that, like that length of a pause, but they played it into the game in a way that was really worked really well. I think I gave them a point for that. <laughs> yeah, literally, it was them right there. It was Rochambeau. They got one. They said, okay, let's agree to this. That is and they so got funny. How did they even justify it? I didn't even listen. Uh, to be honest, uh, I don't remember because the point for me was the Rochambeau. Yeah. I um, Yeah, I genuinely don't remember. <laughs> That's a good moment then if you don't remember anything after it. Yeah, that, that, that was definitely a great moment it of the was evening. Awesome. I liked the whole use of the stage tonight, like using the rafters or what do we call them? The, the Shakespeare, Shakespeare, Shakespeare. Shakespeare things. That was super fun. And then like, it, like going up there, except for the time where we like forgot about the mouse traps, like we, the lights. We forgot about oh, the. Yeah. Oh yeah, we didn't turn but it was kind of fun to see everybody like put them out there. People were like anticipated for the next. So I think that may have played into the audience anticipation. Right, I think it did. Right. I think it did. I think it was fun. They were probably very confused as to what the hell was going on. Yeah. How was it? How was it hosting from the Shakespeare's? Um, I liked it, but it was kind of difficult. I, I was telling these guys earlier, it was really hard to hear the audience from up there. Yeah. And in particular, the audience that was on the other side of the stage, the other side of the theater for me, oh, I couldn't yeah. hear them at all. Um, generally, I liked it though. I loved having. I liked the way it looked. Like, from the audience's perspective, looking at it before the show, I really like, we have the announcer's booth, we've got our show, and then we've, we've got our ring, and then we've got the, like, backstage interview. Yeah. That was so cool. Like, it almost made it look cinematic. Yeah, I really liked the stage picture. I thought it was awesome. And, and we, for the first time in a long time, got to sit in the audience as yeah, players. Yeah, that was so fun! So we actually got to experience that cinematic viewpoint. Yeah. Which we don't typically get to see, and I gotta agree, it was definitely one of the uh, one of the better shows that I've seen, fully using the entire space that we have in the theater. Yeah, yeah, we definitely used like every single piece of that theater. And, and we needed to. We had we had fourteen players, plus Keeley in voice booth, myself and Jason up in the announcers. And we had, uh, I think we ended up with eight, eight to ten uh, outside players wow. that came in. So we didn't quite end up with 30, which was my goal. 
but we had a lot of people to play with, and so we needed to take up a lot of space. And those people were really good. Who was the girl that did a great job on one of those house teams on the lap out? Oh, that was Chi. She was so She was good. great. I thought she did great. I thought Chanel uh, did. They, they yeah, bo- those yeah. two both had really good runs. I thought everybody did a really good they, job. They were almost in there longer than Sunco people were. And a couple <laughs> of them, they were. They were in there longer than Sunco. But then we had, like, Alex, who's one of my favorite people at theater. She came in and, like, couldn't keep a straight face, and the audience lost it. Just her eyes. It was like her eyes. It wasn't even about a straight face, because her face was there, but her face, when she puts it on, can be very awkward. Yeah, it was And she just stood there She's such a funny person that it translated. And I love it when the audience can see that, right? Because she's a very kind of, like, stoic person, and so when the audience, they could see the funny through it and, like, laugh, which meant she didn't get to be in there, but... But she made as much of an impact as Joe did. Yeah. In that game. Yeah. Just standing there, silent, staring at. I think you took them both out, right? At the same time? It was like a double takedown. Her and Jason at the same time. Because I couldn't decide. I'm like, she was making the audience laugh, but he was also, like, he bought. Because it it was kind of a feedback loop. I was like, you're both out. It was a good call. It was a good call. Um, that 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 was a particularly tough game to call. Yeah. Um, because it. Who's getting the laugh, right? At any given time. So, uh, but it worked. And that was, I was happy. That actually worked well for my, where I was on stage. Um, or off stage, rather. Well, yes, it did. The other things that, uh, that we saw earlier today in the show, as Jessica takes her headphones I can't sit, sorry. I gotta bounce. She's gotta bounce. <laughs> I'm gonna get another lady from Glow. Thank you. She's going to bring another one of the beautiful ladies from Glow. So, other things that stood out today were definitely the interaction between Sunco and house teams. Yeah. Which we don't get to play with house teams. We don't. I've had this idea for a long time, and it's not, not necessarily a popular idea in the theater, but I'd like to see it happen, of... Having, like, the winning house team every month maybe get to guest on Sunday Company. This was my idea back when we had, like, eight people and it was really hard to cast a show. I was like, hey, let's do, like, a versus show once a month. Um, now we've got 24 people. I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> No, but it's a great idea, and we do get to interact. And joining us on the show is the wonderful Queen Bee. Killer Bee. How's it going? Hi. Your antenna are a little bit smushed right now by your oh, headphones. Oh, my gosh, you're right. I can't believe I bought these on Amazon for $5, and it's just pipe cleaners and styrofoam. <laughs> well, yeah, I could, now, I could have know. made those for you. Now you know Jackson could have, my six-year-old. So, Elisa, how did you enjoy the show tonight? It was so much fun. It was an absolute blast. I loved watching all the games, being in all the games. It was just high energy. Good, good. Uh, so for those that, uh, that are listening that don't know, I have screwed up Elisa's name so many times while doing voice, and I have been called out by it so many times, not just by her, but by her mom. Oh, shoot, you remember that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it's, uh, it was a very embarrassing thing. Uh, but you I'm know what? so it's sorry. Okay. It, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It was embarrassing for me because I should have known better. We are, after all, on the same team. But no, I screwed it up. It was a long time ago, and bless your bless your bones, Christian, for remembering. That's a southern way of saying, screw you. No, I actually told my mom, I was like, shh, you don't need to correct it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
It's all good. So Matt has left our show, and joining us is the very special, the very attractive, as we said earlier, oh my Jason God. You are too sweet. Thank you for welcoming me. I appreciate the intro. That's very nice for you to say. Uh, he was our, what was your, your moniker today? Uh, the Cobra Kid. Cobra Kid. Yes. I thought it was Cobra King. I was completely wrong. I do apologize. That's all right. I have hearing problems. I couldn't get Elisa's name right. I couldn't get your name right. I have this repeating issue, apparently, of not getting people's names correct. Mm-hmm. I do apologize. Uh, but how, how did you enjoy the show tonight from the Shakespeare stage? I had a good time. Um, I was very happy that I got to get involved in certain places such as, like, uh, not Three-Headed Monster, what's, what's that game? Dr. Know-It-All. I was glad I got to do some interviewing. I got to hop in for a second of the uh, laugh-out round, which was really fun. And it was just cool being up there with Matt, you know? It was a good time. I, I do enjoy hosting, actually. Um, that's something that I have experience with, and I thought, I don't know, I had a good time. It was fun to watch, too. It's always just fun to watch, you know? To be honest, you had, you had awesome energy hosting. Thank you. At least you had awesome energy with the uh, blind freeze tag. Why, thank you. The uh, the intimidation factor that you and Jessica brought to that <laughs> right at the head of the game. Holy crap. Yeah. Especially our leotards. Oh, yeah, no, I mean... Those listening did not get to experience it. Look at our Facebook page. Look at our Instagram. Look at our Twitter. Uh, I'm sure we've got Instagram. I, I know we have Twitter. We have pictures out there of the entire cast and their uh, their their wardrobe for tonight. You will see Elisa wearing a full-on V leotard. Uh, it, yeah. It, e the angry being. It's very reminiscent of the mid-90s grunge rock music videos where you see people dressing in full on beat. Oh my gosh, you're right. What was that video? What was that song? (coughs) Was it Black Hole Sun? Chris Cornell? I believe it was the trailer for the B-movie that you're thinking of. (laughs) Uh, No, see, Jason, for those that are listening, is younger than Elisa and I are. I was born midway through the 90s. so He was born after the song came out. Elisa and I were born well before the song came out. I think it was Black Hole Sun. I think you're right. Uh, rest oh. in peace, Chris Cornell. No, yes. Actually, I think it was. Um, all I can say is that my life is pretty plain. Oh, yeah. That, I think it was that one. That's in That's Tony Hawk Pro Skater, which I played on Nintendo 64 growing up. So what, yes. you were like two years old. Uh, it, it, I've been playing it since before I can recall memories. So. I think Nintendo 64 and I may have come out the same year. Nintendo 64, I had in high school. Oh, that makes me feel really old. Sorry, gang. I'm the same age as Jason, so I feel young. So. Same age as Jason's what? Parents? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, is your mom 36? Cool. No, you're younger than my parents, so congratulations Score. to you. To be fair, Lisa and I are pretty much about the same age. A couple of years difference. It's all good. <laughs> we have the same background, same music, same yes. eras. Same references. Yeah, we, totally. we understand each other. Like You, you have SpongeBob. We have That's VR true. Troopers and Ninja I mean, a pretty, I relied pretty heavily on a Jimmy Neutron reference in practice today, and it fell real flat. That's because everyone else in the team is older than you. Yeah, are. I know. Sorry, so I, Jason. Literally, no one understood see, my Jimmy see, Neutron. See, if you reference. were to bring in like, quality. oh, it's it's whatever diaper brand, we would jump in and say, yeah, of course, depends. Like that's that's, that's the age gap that we've got going on with Jason right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Anything. I don't know any references to talkies, just silent films. Oh, you know? Black and white. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Color around for a little bit. 
Here's a little fun to date your moment. Uh, I could download computer games before I knew how to speak. That was a thing oh in my, my house. Because I would play jumpstart games before I could speak on my here's, Here's a little uh, date your thing. Um, when I was using computers, the internet didn't exist yet. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Same. Well, we were one of the last families to get internet. And so like everyone at school, like in first grade, had it. And it was like... Like, I was like, wow, uh, we don't have that. I just play a jump start, man. That's all I do. My, my first family PC was monochrome, yellow, and black. Oh, see, no. I was way after that. We had five and a quarter boot disks. Oh, we, already, we had screensavers with, like, pipes and the thing where it took your photos. Oh, I remember that. Pipes was the best one. The pipes, Or, like, yes. the song visualizer. That was, like, the peak of the time then, yes. which was obviously not green and black. Like, we oh. had a Commodore 64, and nice. we were one of the only families that had one. Yeah, my stepdad was kind of ahead of his time. See, I don't even know what that is. That's not even... Um, you know sorry, I'll send you the Wikipedia. Is this link. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a museum somewhere. You, you, oh, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> it was the type we had. We had games. Okay. One of them was Wizard of Oz, and it was the type of game where you had to put like um, "Speak to Wicked Witch." Oh. You had to type it in, like classic Oregon Trail. Yeah, like but it was black well, not, and green. Not even classic green. Oregon Trail. That sounds more like Yo, that full was, on text-based. It game. was text-based. Just the black and green screen. Wow. Like no colors. Yeah. MS DOS all the way. Required. Did I do that right, Christian? <laughs> no, you're, you're there. Exactly what yeah. you were saying. But yeah, so that that is the big age gap. But that's fine because we all come together and we all enjoy the same exactly. activities like improv. Absolutely. Because that is something that bridges generations. It yep. bridges... Uh, political views. I don't think our team is too varied on that front, but basically it'll bridge any gap between any group of people that it needs to, because it is a common goal of just having a good time. And I think tonight we really did that. Yes. I would agree. I think the audience would share that sentiment as well. It seemed like they had a very good time. So tonight's audience was, they brought the energy. They weren't as interactive as we're used to, but that I think is because we didn't explain like we usually do in the intro of getting the the suggestions from them and everything else. But, you know, about half of them were part of the the theater or have some sort of connection or have been here before. So they knew. But the other half may not have known. I know I saw a couple of people in there that I spoke to yesterday that have never been in the show. They've never been to the theater. And uh, they were there. I recognized them. I was like, oh, I told them to come by. And they did. Awesome. Uh, But, yeah, I think tonight's energy was, was definitely... Above and beyond anything I would have expected, uh, yeah. I was I was very much pleased with it. Yeah, we were amped. Yeah, that was that was a big thing too. Is I think the theme of this show being the wrestling cage match show, that just naturally brings the heat as far as energy goes. Yes. Like I think you can do some other theme shows that might not necessarily be as exciting. Um, for example, if you do like if you were to do like a Star Trek show or something like that, like you can have very calm scenes. Whereas wrestling is all about like the show, all about the high energy, all about the, the violence. And so we definitely brought that high energy with us on stage. Absolutely. And I already lost my train of thought. Uh, that's okay. So it was a high energy show, and typically what we do is we have smaller audiences than, than our main stage shows do. We block off a few rows, and tonight we blocked off two to start the show off because we had so many players, we needed to use those rows to sit down. We had so many people in the audience tonight that we actually had to unblock rows yeah. before we even made it downstairs. Guys, we made the big time. 
We did. You did. This is it. This is what it feels like, everyone. Wow. We're, we're at the point where Matt is saying we need to bring this show into an annual rotation and just have an annual wrestling match. Mm. How successful it was. Yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> he said we should do it repeated. I was like, oh, like once a week? And he was like, yes. So I think this is going to be a once a week every Sunday at 730. This is going to be our we'll show. We'll just swap costumes. We'll trade costumes with each other. I can't wait to be Bone Man. <laughs> I can't wait I to be Bone Man. Damn it. I will be that B, and I will tear yeah. those leotards. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the heavier side relative to these, so that, that's why. What? No. <laughs> Come on. I weigh twice your size. I weigh twice your size. Yes. <laughs> I would agree. See, Jason agrees. I'm yeah. heavy. She's just being modest. The killer bee is being modest over here. <laughs> what? No. Oh, she's blushing so <laughs> hard. You can tell through the makeup. It's it's a lot of blush. Yeah. Yes, I have a full 80s makeup on. Yeah. And, and the uh, the glitter. Oh my gosh, the glitter's never gonna go away. <laughs> no, we had, a, we had a long conversation we're, about the glitter. We're gonna see oh. Jackson in six months, and Jackson is gonna have glitter all over oh him gosh. still. Like, oh, I just hugged my mom when she got home, and this is what's going on. When I pack his lunch tomorrow morning, yeah. I'm ac- accidentally gonna put some glitter in a sandwich. Probably, like it's gonna be. It's gonna look it's gonna like be a orbit. long road. It's gonna look like an Orbitz commercial when he gets to school and actually eats the lunch. <laughs> Yeah. Still reflecting off his teeth. Uh, hello, you're Jackson's mother. We're glad you cut the grapes in half, but they're covered in glitter, so he can't eat them. So They're now nice grapes. They're grapes. <laughs> glitter grapes. Oh, nice. So, nice. What a great term. You know what? I'm just going to drop the mic on that one. And glapes. <laughs> That's a great one Thank to go Thank you very on. much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank Always you so awesome much. Always awesome to talk to you. It was so much fun tonight. I loved every single second of it. Good, good. We're glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. So, Jason, uh, yes. circling back, how did you feel about the, the hosting experience that was very different than what we're used to doing, talking directly to the audience? I I enjoy the direct address aspect of it, and as as I said, I have a I have a background in uh, specifically refing like high school league shows, and so I have definitely had experience with very very rowdy audiences. And so anytime you have a, like a good audience that is on the same page as you, that's going the right way, like we did tonight, it's very easy. And then you have the space to kind of fool around and have a little bit of fun with it. And that's exactly what Matt and I got to do out there tonight. Um, I enjoyed it, though, and it's fun kind of setting the stage for everyone else to enjoy themselves and have a good time doing their scenes and stuff like that. I dig awesome. it. I like it. Good. Well, I'm glad you had fun. Uh, joining us to the show is the wonderful, the beautiful, the sassy Brian Sexton. There's a ton of sex there if you... That's the first time I've ever heard that. Are you serious? No! (laughs) I think I've heard that since I was, um, like, four years old. Like, since you could speak. Are those, like, your four-year-old friends making that comparison? Like, you have a ton of sex, huh? The funny thing is, though, it starts out as being uncool, right? Like, sex, uh, But then as you get older, they're like, yeah, ton of sex. Like, when you're in high school, like, because you want to have that? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. (laughs) Wait, okay. wait, wait. Just because you had it and I didn't does not like like don't be that guy. All right. I, I'm not I'm not implying anything. Did, did it seriously take you until high school for that to be cool? Uh, no, it was eighth eighth grade, eighth okay. ninth grade. So yeah, what's fair. weird is is for me the transition happened like fifth to sixth grade. Jeez, in, Louise. In, no, in sixth grade what happened was everyone made fun of me, and in sixth grade everyone was like, of course we do things to ourselves. It's awesome to do that. I'm like, are you see, like last year you Those were making fun of me saying that I was masturbating. Hand him out and jerking himself off. This so. took a turn really fast, by the way. 
I didn't, I didn't mean to go this road. I'm so you sorry. It's okay. I'm glad you, we're going down. Look, your name brought the sex. We've yeah. been wanting to talk to you about this for a long well, time. Well, and see, right? I used to actually get, I used to get brain sex sometimes because you know, transpose the, you know, the A and the I and Brian, you got brain. What you does that brain. even imply? I don't know. <laughs> I like so. You, you know what that implies? And you may not get this reference because you're a baby. Oh, yeah. uh, but Brian, we're might, the same age though. <laughs> that's complete and utter bullshit. <laughs> uh, so much. So many lies. So the movie Demolition Man. Yes. I've heard of it. They never seen it. Sorry. Okay, no, you know what? Let him finish the story. Sorry. There's one scene where you've got one of the characters tell the other character we should have sex, and the guy is like, hell yeah. And he's from the past, like the 90s, and he's in the future. He starts taking his clothes off, and she just hands him this little technological helmet. Oh. And he's like, what the hell is this? That's for the sex. So they both put on these helmets, and they have brain sex. I'm so glad you brought that up, because I've never thought of that until this moment. Bait that you switch. connected that way. That was that was, that was was brain sex. That was brain sex. And with Sylvester Stallone and uh, Sandra Bullock, right? To yes, absolutely. Sandra Bullock, uh, the Oscar-winning actress Sandra Bullock. Jeez. Known for movies like The Nets. And Demolition Man. And, you know, s- and speed. And speed. Yeah don't, oh, yeah, don't slow down below 50 miles an no. hour. And winning Best Actress for The Blind Side. Is that what you got? Yes, yeah, with the Michael Orr story. Yeah. Although I feel like, isn't it really about him, not her? Yeah, but she was still the lead actress. <laughs> So I feel like she qualifies in that sense. I couldn't stand her in that movie. I, I, well, I didn't, I didn't see it because I figured I knew what happened. Like, well, it, it's like still good movie. It's the NFL, movie. fun fact. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like... Yeah. Uh, and also Sylvester Sloan, who is an Oscar-nominated mm. individual. Oscar uh, winner, right? No, did he, no, 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 no. He lost the best screenplay for uh, Rocky? Yeah, it was Rocky. I thought he won best I, I didn't. I don't remember if he won. I he thought made, he did, did win. He win. I thought he was... Okay, well, I, do you mind if I use the Brian's Google? Whipping out use the, the Google. So, uh, Oscar-nominated screenwriter, he may have won. Like, he did not win for actor, but he was, <laughs> he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in the most recent uh, movie in the franchise, Creed. Creed, yeah. So, that, was, that was a really good... I enjoyed that movie a so lot. So, to be honest, I haven't seen that one. Ah. I need to go watch that. See, I've seen the old ones, mm-hmm. unlike you, because I'm old. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Dude, I... I did the show tonight. Oh, he does have zero Oof. Academy Awards. Bummer. But three nominations. Okay. What is that two for Rocky, one for Creed? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, it just tells me the number. Not just pure stats on that one. Yeah. yeah. Statistically speaking, there's a probability. I've uh, kind of wondered as far as like him and Harrison Ford go, is they're both at a point in their career where they're pretty much only doing like wrap-up Episodes for their previous characters. Uh, like, I, like I hey, know. let's get old Indy back there. Hey, so, let's get old Han back there. Hey, let's get old Rambo back. Like, it's just like, oh so yeah, let's go sign off this character. I, I did almost want to disagree with you. As so, The Expendables. That's exactly where I was going to go with that. More recent That's films. Good. Sylvester Stallone yeah. wrote. He starred in, and he brought in all the old action heroes. Um, in terms of Harrison Ford, but the fact I mean, that you say old action heroes, we, kind we, of yeah, we could, somewhere, we could also right? play devil's advocate with Jason though and say that he just basically retold. Rocky and all the 80s movies in just one new movie. Uh, I, but I, I love know. the Expendables. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, so Sylvester Stallone, Creed is a wrap-up. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it's just that. Expendables is is bringing in people that are no longer as active, but in a new chapter, new film. Right. But even then, you have some of the actors that do other stuff, like Red, which was uh, Bruce Willis. I never okay. saw it. didn't look... I don't know. It was good. It, it was, was good. good. Red and Red 2 I didn't see awesome. Red 2. Was it worth it? 
I, I totally think it is. Okay. Maybe it's just the advertising, but the whole like, oh, like we're old people, but we still know how to kick ass. Like that premise appeals nothing at all to Dude, me. Dude, Helen Mirren. Oh my god. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, watch it. Watch it. All right, maybe. I mean, yeah. I know that we're both 23, 22. 21, dog. World, you're 21. Yeah, that's no. Come on. I swear. He's like he's enjoying his first beer tonight. This is it. <laughs> right. That's Ryan, not true. In all honesty, how old are you? I am 30. Okay. 30. So 30, I am 30. I am 32. Nice. I will be 30. Wait, what? Oh, I don't, why is why are you He's like so what? Surprised? I thought you were like fifty. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm thought, oh, I, thought, I thought you. Were. I thought you. I thought you were in the like the Dan Elisa age group. Uh, so Elisa and I are but about the same age. She's a little bit older than I am, but we're about the same age. I'll be 33 in like three weeks. No, I know how old Lisa is. It's fine, but I, was, I thought you were in the same age group, though. I thought you were like all the. Because Dan's 36, right? I'm in between you and Elisa. What the fuck? No, I know, but I thought you were not. I think it's because you've been on Sunco so long. Ah, got I associated you. I was like, I just assumed like, like oh, Elisa, Dan, like okay. they're all the same age. It's all good. See, I didn't make it to Sunco when I was 21 like this guy over here. Hey, all right. I've been performing with the National Comedy Theater since I was. 13 So How about that I started in 2010 I Okay I might have As well No The year before 2009 Yeah My freshman year of high school I I started with the workshops Back then Not in high school league Uh, Midway through my first workshop I actually had to stop Because I went into the hospital For Mm. a bunch of medical stuff So I was out for like a month and then did the second uh, second level, third level, performed the day of the performance. I ended up in the hospital again. What? Wow. Yeah, it was rough. Uh, but then after that... Did you bust out. your funny bone? It, it didn't bust my funny bone. Oh, but, shame. Know, it's okay. I don't have the guts to talk about things anymore. Oh. That's what they did. They I, took I, my guts I out. I definitely will say, though, I do think we have a great group you at, do. in Sunco, mm. running the gambit with the various ages, different energies, different styles that we all bring to the table. And circling back to a topic that I touched on a little bit earlier in the show, improv is one of those things that bridges the gap between age, age groups, between cultural backgrounds, between everything else. And it is something that is it is definitely accessible for the masses. Mm-hmm. And it's I, something that we are all capable of doing so long as we enjoy it and we can get along with everybody, which is what this team has. I completely, awesome dynamic. I completely agree. Yeah. I don't think we can top that. No. All right. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for being on the show tonight. You Thank got you, it. It was a great, uh, great performance from everyone. Jason, you killed it as a host. I was no gladiator. I was no gladiator out there like you, Christian. Thank you very much. I did yell, are you not entertained? From the back row. You got it. I had to. That was awesome. Uh, Again, thank you very much. We are wrapping up tonight's after show, Adequate. And tonight we were more than adequate. So everyone, thanks again for listening. Come out to see our show every Sunday, 7.30. We rock the house. We give great performances. Every night's guaranteed to be fun and different. So enjoy. Come see us Sundays at 7.30. All right, thanks again, everyone. This has been the Sunday Company Post Show Wrap-Up. Thanks for listening. 